thanks for joining us for today's Property Apprentice podcast. Joining me today, I've got Greville Mansfield from My Team Limited for Mortgages and Insurance. So what we've seen uh, over the last few months is that with the pandemic, COVID-19, we've had uh, quite a few changes in the world, especially in the world of insurance as well. And um, Gregor, I recently got an email from a client who was asking questions about cover with regards to COVID. They'd heard that you couldn't get insured uh, for COVID, like life insurance. Yeah, there's some really weird misinformation going on again around COVID. And um, my industry has now just started to get that sort of information filtering through. So what you're saying there is that someone has been told that they can't get insurance for COVID or it's not covered. So yeah, we've had a couple of clients as well that have said, hey, look, am I covered for you know anything related to COVID or if I die from COVID or whatever it is, because that's obviously the panic that's going on in the world at the moment. And the answer is um, COVID is covered. There's no issues at all. Everything's covered. You die, they pay. It's that simple. Um, and therefore, you've got a lot of people that are going, oh, I'm worried about this. And that's just part of all the worry that's associated with COVID. So what we can tell you is, that things have changed and there are some restrictions, right? So in New Zealand, there are now some restrictions around the life cover and you're insured, but only for the Australasian bubble. Ah, so what so does that, that mean? Yeah, so what that means is that since COVID's come out, because New Zealand is a really safe bubble, it basically means that they can effectively say, yep, anyone in New Zealand, the chances are, are very small of them catching COVID and therefore of them dying of COVID. So what that means is that there's not a big skew of deaths associated with that particular event, which obviously affects insurance companies. What they've said is, right, if you live in New Zealand and you get insurance in New Zealand, if you decide to get outside the Australasian bubble, which is all of Pacific Islands, Australia, obviously, and New Zealand, then your cover may not cover it. Uh, so when they open up the borders and we're allowed to travel overseas again further than the Pacific Islands in Australia, then yep. if you catch COVID while you're travelling, you might not be covered. Correct. Okay. However, that's only for brand new cover. Right. So, so anyone who's already got insurance in place, they don't correct. need to worry about it. Yep, yep. When you buy insurance, it's called a contract of good faith. And in good faith, at the exact same time that you've got a policy in place, the insurance company says these are the terms and conditions associated with that policy and we will therefore honour those conditions from here on in. The only time they can ever change stuff is in situations like this, where it's called a blanket change or across-the-board change. So what happens is that insurance companies have what we call reinsurance companies behind them, and they have the majority of debt. Right? So, for instance, if you buy an insurance policy today, most of the companies we have have a reinsurance company behind them, and they have what's called a treaty between them, which says that we'll pick up 85% of the, the risk, and you pick up 15%. So, a New so, Zealand insurance company. so insurance companies have got an insurance company. Correct, they do. Yep, yep. So there's some massive companies in the world. So everyone will know of a company called Lloyds of London. Right. So Lloyds of London is a basically a reinsurance company, if you want to call it. Right? So they take on big risks. There's a whole bunch behind the life insurance companies that we deal with. I'll give you a classic example. So I've been, as you well know, doing this forever in a day. Yep, yep, yep 36 years. So my second client ever is a really good friend of mine and still obviously he is now he was a client at the time he was 18 when i i took, got, took him on as a client and i was 20 and he we've you know grown up together whatever it is he worked for dhl and got sent to saudi arabia 
right? So he wanted to earn some big bucks. So in his early 20s, he decided he'd go to Saudi Arabia and be a um, customs agent in Saudi Arabia. Right smack in the middle, he was there for about three years, and then the Gulf War happened. So he was a correspondent for New Zealand's radio in Saudi Arabia during the Gulf War, and obviously scud missiles and stuff were jumping around. So he said exactly the same thing to me. Am I covered if one lands on me? All right. And the answer is, of course he was, because he had his insurance before he left. However, during that period of time, we had a blanket exclusion for anyone going to the Middle East. So anyone who was getting new insurance. Yep. And we still have a whole lot of exclusions for countries. So on application, it says, are you planning to travel? You go, yes, I am. And they go, where are you traveling and how is it business for anything like that? You go, yes, I'm going to Afghanistan just to have a look around. All right. If you put that on there, the insurance company goes, no way are we insuring you. So what if it was business? Not even. No. no. Oh, so okay. we've had, um, interesting enough, we've had a couple of inquiries from ex-SAS um, soldiers who are now working for private security firms in the States who have said, oh, look, I'm going off to Iraq to be private security. Can I get some life cover? And the answer is no. Not a chance in the planet to do that. So you can see what insurance companies do is they modify their covers to the situation that you're planning to put yourself in. If you're in a standard situation, like we are here in New Zealand, and you, you want to get some insurance, there is a small exclusion. But the second thing is if you've got existing cover, you're completely covered. So there is no problems with that at all. So during the early stages of the pandemic, you know, when we first went into lockdown and there was a whole bunch of uncertainty around employment, did you notice an increase in people looking for income protection insurance? Yes, we did. So one of the things that people do is in situations like this, and I've been through God knows how many, you know, recessions and global financial crisis. And my first one was the share market crisis in 1987 which lasted, you know, as far as a recession for about four years, which most New Zealanders won't remember. But that was really hard because there were lots of places being sold for mortgage sales and people losing jobs. The same thing happens here. So people suddenly are heightened to their vulnerability and start to ask you questions about that. So one of the things that people started to ask about is redundancy cover. All right. So, of course, has my job going to be around? Can I do my... Um, keep my mortgage going, you know, I'm still going to get paid. And obviously we know there's been something like about 40,000 New Zealanders have lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. So most of the insurance companies pulled the redundancy option that they had on their income protection and their mortgage repayment insurance off. For new clients only. Don't new clients, yep. Yeah, insurance, insurance is absolutely one of those things that you need to put in place before things turn to custard, don't you? Yep. It's like, I mean, I remember that conversation with you years ago about health insurance. The best time to get health insurance is before you've got any health issues so they yeah. don't exclude anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and you do, and you can see that um, the, the big thing about New Zealand is, is we're, we've got such a nice little country and we have ACC in the background, all right? So because we have ACC and we have a good health system, lots of New Zealanders go, hey, look, we're okay. You know, if anything really goes wrong, I'll be looked after by the government and by the ACC system. The problem with that is, is that when those are under stress and you need them, you want to be making sure that you have control over what's happening mm. and that someone else doesn't. So at the moment, ACC are very bad at um, saying no. 
All right, so they have a um, degeneration clause, which effectively says if they think there's even the slightest bit of degeneration and whatever's wrong with you, knee, back, whatever it is, they'll go, no, we're not covering it. And if you know the history of ACC, they, they used to have a deficit. That is now a complete opposite. They now have a surplus, and they are one of the funds that people are looking at fund infrastructure. And they invest in places like Kiwi Bank and all sorts. They're investing money because they have such a massive pool because they are turning down more claims than ever. Wow. So if you've got income protection, you're not in that problem. You don't have that problem of having to rely on someone else to make a decision. And the other problem we get here is that most people think, oh, it's an accident that'll take me out of work. And the answer is, actually, if you look at the statistics around that, for every seven pieces of you know, accidental illness that take you out of work for three to six months, six out of seven are illness. I just realised I forgot to mention right at the beginning of our piece uh, a bit of a disclaimer. So uh, Gregor has been our insurance advisor for about a decade now, haven't you? Yep. So, and a couple of years ago, Paul and myself bought into the business called My Team Limited for mortgages and insurance. So we are part owners of that business with Gregor. Uh, so just as full disclosure. But it, the reason we bought into the business was because we knew how good they were, right? <laughs> Very much so. And, and from an income protection point of view, we've talked about this on a number of occasions. The problem you get is that, and right now, income protection is hard to get. All right? mm-hmm. So that whole conversation about getting it before you need it, so we've got a whole lot of people in flux going, yes, can we have some cover? Um, and you know, I'm worried about my work. Can I get redundancy? We've only got one company left that will do redundancy, which is AIA. They're the largest insurance company in the world. And I was recently at a conference with them, and we had one of their strategic planning guys talk about just before, you know, this is November last year, saying we have four times the asset value of what we owe So if if anything goes wrong, we'll be the last company standing in the pandemic. Are his exact words? That's famous last words. Those are famous last words. So again, they're a company based worldwide, so they're seeing some of the effects. So we had a conversation the other day about the fact that income protection has changed. So we now have, if you've had a subsidy from the government, your income protection is harder to get. Okay. And are they asking you to jump through a whole bunch of other hoops before they'll approve your insurance for income protection as well? It's not not hoops. It's around structure. So, again, what that says is if I say to you, hey, look, what do you do for a job? And you go, hey, look, I'm in hospitality. The first thing the insurance company is going to go is uh, no. Mm -hmm. All right? Because that industry is being hit the hardest. Uh, And the other one is if we're in um, tourism. Yeah. Tourism. All right, so we've had a property apprentice client who was in tourism, specifically in an associated company. We have managed to get cover for them. But what happens is there's some restrictions. So there's a, a restriction around how much cover we can get for you. It's harder for us to get. So we're having to modify the type of cover that we would normally ask for. There's a product called agreed value insurance. So all that means is that it's a guarantee of, you, of, of your income if you go 55%, you know, 100 grand, 55% of that is agreed value. They'll pay the money if you're sick, right? We can't do that anymore. 
Okay. So how does it work for people who are on reduced hours? You know, there's a lot of people that have had their hours reduced going through this pandemic. So yep. if they already had income protection insurance, is there anything that the insurance companies can do there? No. So once you've got insurance in place, again, it's that contract of good faith. If you've got the cover in place before all of this stuff happens, then you're okay. okay. Right? There is no restrictions associated with that. And we have a case in, in point where we've got uh, a client that's effectively on claim right this very second. And uh, speaking to the insurance company, they're going, no, 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 just tell us what you've earned recently and we'll take your expenses off and that'll be exactly what we paid you. All right? So if you've made a loss, then you get paid. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of different income protection products um, which you need to fit individually into what you do. But COVID has affected every single one of them. So the next effect of this is that everyone probably needs to know about is do not be surprised if your income protection insurance goes up in price. All right. So two reasons. One is you're a year older, okay, which will automatically affect it. The second thing is, is that worldwide, the insurance companies do not know what effects this is going to have on their long-term book of, of claims. So, so like with the house and contents insurance yeah, after the earthquakes and things yeah. like that, we saw increases in those policies, didn't they? Yeah, so it's an adjustment. So you, um, one of the things that most people don't know about income protection, it's what we call a marginal product. All right. So what that means is that all the claims that are made against it versus the money that's come in, which is how an insurance company works, you know, they've got to have more money that's going out. If that occurs, then the policy disappears. So a classic example of this is if you go to Australia, they have been told they are only allowed to have a five-year benefit period and they're only allowed one form of cover. So all of the options that used to be available in Australia are gone and there's a set product available full stop, end of story, right? Because um, their legislation over there, which we've got a little bit coming here, said we need you to do a whole lot of hoops around getting the cover in place, which meant that because it was harder to do, the pool shrunk. So the best way to describe this, we call about an insurance pool. It's a pool of people, and insurance is based on a whole lot of people putting a little bit of money in, and every so often someone grabbing some out. Right? In Australia, that pool shrunk. A lot, a lot of people stopped buying insurance because it was hard to do for the advisors to do. Lots of advisors left. The banks were getting their backsides kicks for being useless as per their World Commission. And so that pool has shrunk. So it's become a non-profitable business. So the insurance companies don't want it and therefore have started to restrict everything. We're lucky here. We don't do that. And we, we are one of the few countries in the world where you can get the best cover in the marketplace, which is basically a two-week wait and be paid to you seven years old. That's fantastic. I think one of the other advantages that we've got in New Zealand is that we've got a lot of regulation around the industry as well, haven't we? And that's getting tougher and tougher. So, I mean, from my perspective as a consumer, I know I feel comfortable knowing that you have to put my best interests at heart, otherwise the FMA can take you to, <laughs> take you to the cleaners pretty much, can't they? Yeah, well, um, what they do is it's not so much they take you to the cleaners, it's effectively they stop you from working. Yeah. Right? So um, part of one of the things that, that we've always had, which most clients when we talk to them, we talk about the fact that as an advisor, one of the things I got taught as a young advisor was that you just if you keep on putting the client's interest first, it works. Mm -hmm. right? So commissions, we get paid. Absolutely, we do. But if you're focused on what is required for the client, 
that income looks after itself. And that's always been my philosophy. You guys are probably aware of that. So what we do is I also was part of an ethical body or a, you know, a, a body that was a group of advisors. It used to be called the Professional Advisors Association. And our core mantra there was always put your clients first and their interests first and think about a claim first. So when I'm looking at a client and we talk about income protection and life cover and stuff, I'm always thinking, if anything happens to this person and I get that phone call that says I'm sick or my partner's died or whatever it is there, and I put my hand on my heart and go, I've done the best job I possibly can and they'll be okay. Right? And, and I've had this conversation with you a few times. I've been at hospital filling out forms before someone's going into either come out of surgery or going into surgery for something fairly serious. And the family is really worried about where they are and what they're doing. And, and that's that person has, and you, you yeah. want to be worried about it at a time like that, isn't it? it is, yeah. and, and it's really good because I get the phone call and I go, right, I've done my job because they trust me to sort it out. From a point of view of where the marketplace is at the moment, you really want to have that security around your own existence and what's going to happen. Because COVID's not going away. Right? It ain't going away anywhere in the next period of time. Most pandemics last a couple of years. The residual effects from the pandemic what we are starting to discover is that if you've had COVID, there are some very serious ongoing health issues that may occur. So international data from one of the insurance companies that we've just been speaking to says heart issues, lung issues, joint issues, which is kind of weird, and other associated health issues seem to be an ongoing problem from the point of view of looking at that. What that means is insurance companies are basically flying by the seat of their pants at the moment because right? they just don't know what to do with this. So you may see some additional restrictions coming on or you may see some additional pricing going on because they do not know how to work their way through this. So if you've got good insurance, keep it as, as part of my conversation. If you've got income protection, yep, you need to basically look at the redundancy aspect as well. I would be doing much more redundancy cover than I have in the last five years. Um, and I've seen it work. And it specifically is a really, really, really good product to have when you're going, oh, God, where's the next dollar coming from? Yeah, and, and with health insurance as well, you know, yeah, health much. insurance in places. Yeah, I think it's crazy that people don't get that in place if they can afford it. And affordability is always something that you take into account as well. I know from years yep. of working with you as well. So we've seen recently on television a lot of companies are advertising directly to the public. Yes. And, and so a lot of people I know that we talk to say to us, oh, well, I can just do that online or I can just um, sort out my insurance cover with this company that I've seen advertised. And one of the things that we always say to our clients is talk to an insurance advisor because it doesn't cost you anything to work yes. with an advisor and they work with all of the different companies if they're an independent advisor like yourself. Have you got anything else to add to that? Or? Yeah, so one of the reasons that there's lots of, of um, advertising around that is because the pool of advisors has shrunk. Right? So the FMA, which is the legislative body, have gone, yep, we need to basically put some regulation around this and this is from the last global financial crisis and a whole lot of money, people putting money directly into finance companies. Right? So as an insurance advisor, I've been lumped in with that, right? which is good because it's improving the standard of service and the standard of knowledge, which is really good for consumers. What it does is put a whole lot of barriers in to get to that stage. 
And what that means is that there are fewer people to look after New Zealanders. So I'm an advisor of forever and a day. So if you want to talk to me, it's free. There's no chance for me to talk to you. But what it means for me is I've got to be a little bit more careful about who I speak to because they can go direct. And so there's that opportunity to go, oh, no, I'll, I'll go to Luck Direct or I'll, I'll go to One Choice or I'll, um, you know, bike down the road at the bank. The bank is a classic for, you know, add-ons. You know, now while you're here, why don't you buy some insurance just to cover your debt or whatever it is? And most people go, oh, yeah, okay. So the problem with that is, is the person that's told you to do that usually has no experience. They're just being told as part of their process that's what they have to do. They are not doing your claim. Right. And I know you've saved several of our clients some money on your insurance because they were paying for what you call dumb insurance, which is generally the stuff that they get through the banks. And it's not going to cover the cover that they want. So um, a classic bank policy is make profit, right? So everyone knows that a bank's job is to make profit. And everyone knows that they most of them made a billion dollars in the last year. Right? How they do that is they've got add-ons and they've got process. So most of their process around insurance is a prescribed insurer. So what that means is that the people that they train, their job is to basically do a very short advice process. So um, I know one bank, you go in there, they say, oh, talk to her, do you want some insurance yet? Talk to her, a guy he comes up on screen, they do it by Zoom, he asks you a bunch of questions, he can effectively have you signed up that moment. And they are taught to do that very, very quickly. That's not about care for the client. That's not about putting the client first. That's about process. So what I normally say to clients is if you look at the bank, who the person that's talking to you about this stuff, who are they working for? Right? And most cases you can say, oh, they work for the bank. Okay, there's your answer. They don't work for you. Their job and their income is not determined on whether you're happy or not. Theirs is a determined on how many people they get in the door and how much stuff. And they can only sell the products that their company or bank Yep. And we, we know, I know for a fact that, you know, certain, like I've got farmers as clients, right? So we know that there's a specific company that is much better for farming clients than they are for the standard client as far as income protection is concerned because they've got seasonal work and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and that makes a significant difference in your decision-making process from an advisor as to what you can do. The other thing about that which we, we, we are talking about is we have to, if we've got a problem like we get to client, so if a client's got some health issues and they get declined, we go to another insurance company. Right? I've got good relationships with all of the insurance companies and the underwriting guys, so we can have a conversation with them. And we can pick and choose. And we will often have a situation where one company says no and another says yes. So we can go, look, if you're at a bank, you can. They get one, one company, one product, one anything, and they're working for the bank of you. So as an advisor, we're working for you, again, putting the client's interests first, making sure that it, it, it does work for you, the client. And again, I'm thinking about the claim. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, from, from our first-hand experience, you know, I've, I've got to say, when we were on the other side of the world, you know, Paul and I had a personal situation that we had to travel to England for. So we were literally on the other side of the world and we had an issue at one of our rental properties where we needed to make an insurance claim. And the fact that you guys were able to coordinate directly with our property manager as well just meant that we could say, okay, you guys talk to each other, 
just keep us in the loop and, and we didn't have to worry about it. We had enough other things on our plate to worry about at that particular time. So, you know, worth your weight in gold, yep. in my opinion. Yeah, and, and that's the big thing is is most, most of the problems that we have is just misinformation. As we talked about before, the, the stuff you get with COVID as to what it does and can you get it and how is it picked up and, you know, you can translate that to anything like insurance. Um, advertising is classic, all right? So basically, you're looking at that. So that's to get you in the door, all right? The next thing they do is, like, show some interest. The next thing they do is go, oh, okay, we'll give you a discount. So it's a refund of premiums. It's not a discount right? and it's because they're not allowed a discount. So you get that stuff going on, and then you go, well, okay, so my conversation around that is, so who is it that you can directly call if there's an issue? And the answer is it's an 0800 number. Right. And it might not be in New Zealand. Right. I've recently had an experience with one of the insurance companies for a claim. I ended up with someone in the Philippines. Right. So the only reason I was with that one is because it's historical and they used to be a brokerage company, now they're not. And we were just lazy and didn't do anything about it. Right. And it was that cost benefit relationship. And I think, oh, yeah, they're slightly cheaper than the other one. Well, I can tell you now that I'm changing because it was a terrible experience. I knew more about the policy than you did. Wow. That's <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yep. a shocker, isn't it? Yeah, and, and with the claims process as well, he was judgmental. You know, there was no empathy and there was no, hey, look, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that this has happened. How can we help? There was, I'm really sorry to hear this. These are the questions I have to ask you. I need you to know that you can't lie and go down that track. So, you know, it was one of those ones. Wow. Gosh. So how do people get in touch with you, Gregor? Yeah, so through my team. It's Gregor at myteam.co.nz. Um, M I Team. And all of my phone number is 021-750-638. Fantastic. Which will show up, obviously, is when we do this particular podcast. Yep. But again, it's, we're more than happy to just have a conversation first. Excellent. And Gregor heads up a team of insurance advisors at my team. So there's mortgage advisors and insurance advisors and Gregor heads up the insurance team. So any of them are more than qualified to help you out. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. I think um, moral of this story is if you've got any questions about insurance, especially pandemic-related ones, by all means, Gregor or his team will do a free appraisal to double-check that your cover is appropriate. And not dumb. And not dumb. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Gregor, and thanks everyone for watching or listening. Thanks, Debbie, and thanks, everyone.